0: In accordance with U.S. Code 1984, we are required to inform you, the audience, that the following content has not been reviewed by the Department of Homeland Security's Board of Disinformation Governance. As such, it may contain disinformation. The event that said disinformation proves to be true, no retraction or re review will occur. You have been warned. Man Tools is brought to you by EXO Autoworks. E-X-O AutoWorks is Colorado Springs' home of the $40 synthetic blend oil change. Call now 719-375-3232 or visit exoautoworks.com to make your appointment. Call us today in order to schedule your $80 wheel alignment on most vehicles. Enharmonic Studios Enharmonic Studios is a hybrid digital analog facility designed to be quality and affordable to anyone who wants to make history. Call today 719-963-2020 or go to facebook.com slash Enharmonic Studios. Trevor's Beard is brought to you by The Beard Struggle. The Beard Struggle is my go-to for beard hygiene and styling products. So, you should click the link below and use the code TLANE15, that's T LANE15, for 15% off your order. Madrid Maintenance. Madrid Maintenance offers excellent handyman services in the Colorado Springs area, starting at just $35 an hour. You can reach them by phone at 719 963. 2020 or online at facebook.com slash maintenance. The Toolbar, our new line of handmade soap produced in partnership with Crafts by Carolyn Lane available on Etsy. This soap packs a punch of manly scent like oak and fig, fresh cut lumber, cedar and more masculine fragrances being developed all the time. With a soft touch of natural oils to cleanse and moisturize, use the link below to buy The Toolbar now once you try it, you'll never want to wash with anything else. From EXO Auto Works. Streaming all over the world. It's your weekly dose of toxic masculinity.
1: With Eric Madrid. Because if too many people are just running around with their dicks out, it's called the Harambe variant.
0: And Trevor Lane. A, a- <laughs> No. A
1: Welcome back to another exciting Thursday evening. It's man tools. Man tools media on the t- on the twatters and on the uh, the YouTubes and uh, OnlyFans.
0: We don't have an OnlyFans yet. Why not? I don't know.
1: We got a click clock. <clears throat>
0: we do have a TikTok, yes.
1: My yeah. mom was poor when we are growing up. I had to have Twonkies. Couldn't <laughs> have the real thing, so that's what we were talking about today. hey Hayes instead of ho-ho's. <laughs> hey Hayes instead of ho-ho's, right? Diet Shasta Orange. Mm. That was a staple. We even got fake ramen. I was like Roman. <laughs> 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 that's how broke we were. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's all right. That's all right. We talk about financial stuff here on Man Tools. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes talk about um, relationship stuff on Man Tools. Sometimes, yeah. But mostly, we just talk about dumb shit. That's that is correct. That's my favorite. Yep. Right? How they let us have a room and microphones and an internet connection? Neither one of us <laughs> have been taken out with a sniper rifle yet is beyond me. No idea. I don't either. <laughs> uh. Well, it's because, it's you know, everybody who hates us is against guns. <laughs> like keyboard warriors. Yeah. Super keyboard warriors. <laughs> I get a lot of emails in all caps. Does that count? That's um, what? Like getting my ass capped. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a thing. Keyboard capped? Thing. Keyboard capped. That's right gangster some gangster shit that wireless keyboard some gangster shit over can you tell them a little salty a little bit a little yeah. salty yeah. yeah 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 just a little salty i don't know we've tried to make this not a he-man woman haters club but man i'm fucking getting there there soon. are times i'm getting there soon there are times yeah there are days there are days which is funny because our demographic is women 35 to you know <laughs> 90 whatever <laughs> They too have internet connections.
0: That is correct. Yes. <laughs>
1: Maybe they should find us on YouPorn.
0: <laughs> or would it be YoPorn? Can you can you live stream there?
1: Um, on I YoPorn. don't know.
0: I know you can on OnlyFans. We could totally start doing that. We
1: really should, just for the sake of being pricks. Sure. Like somebody stumbles onto it and is like, "Ooh, man, tools! What is this?" And then I don't know why I did it in a gay voice. Well, because only men. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah pay for shit on them. either way the customers are men on man either on, way uh, yeah. on only fans let's sure. just let's just be real
1: <laughs> let's just be real and they're like oh man to sucker them into listen to our um banter yeah they'll get through like 30 minutes and then be like wait just sitting there like when, when, <laughs> when, when <laughs> what is it, when <laughs> is it happening when is it happening when is it not yet night yeah dude we're the uh yeah that'd be that's pretty funny we're What's that thing called? We're the ultimate edging podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we edging. will never get you there, I promise.
0: Edging with man tools. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, speaking of not getting there, uh, let's get on with it.
0: All right. Um, we do have a guest this evening. Uh, I guess we can we can pop him in now. Um, <clears throat> we're going to bring him in. Has he signed the waiver? Yes, he did. Sucker. <laughs> and I'm going to do the speaker not the go. microphone yeah there you go to turn his audio on and pop him up here on the screen one of these days welcome Noah Martin from Retrospection Radio how you doing my friend
2: you know it's a great uh it's nice. It's 940 at night, you know, a little bit tired. Can hear the highway off in the distance. It's nice and dark, but it's bright enough in my room. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, if if uh, the audience out there is wondering um, about how you're so good at setting a scene like that, it's because one of the things you do on Retrospection Radio is audio drama.
2: Yeah, I am all about telling stories. And so I started when I was a senior in high school, because I was a part of a theater troupe and was just getting so fed up with the leaders and the people around. Um, and I said, okay, well, I like writing. I like acting. I like doing all these things. I'm just going to do it myself. I don't need them. And so I started listening to classic old time radio stuff of the worlds Orson Welles, all that. And, uh, Eventually, I started writing my own audio dramas and kept at it for a while. I've done a lot of different things, interview stuff, history stuff. I did a live radio talk show for a while that is on there. Um, Right now, I'm doing a mini-series of the history of audio drama Mm -hmm. and how that came to be and the whole nine yards. Uh, A lot of history stuff, a lot of mental health stuff, a lot of stories that are... uh, Possibly taboo for most people. Um, it's, uh, it's a good way to get out not only my feelings, but also the message that uh, people sometimes don't get to hear when they watch movies or television shows or something like that because of the medium that podcasting is and the opportunity it provides for singular creators um, to be able to get, that, get out there and actually have a voice and not just be you know the (laughs) not just be shut down by the next marvel movie or the next star wars movie or whatever else disney throws out or you know netflix or whatever the big corporations are podcasting allows that that good voice
0: yeah yeah opportunity it's uh it's interesting i was listening to um your most recent couple episodes so i caught uh one on the history of uh, this this part of the series of the history of audio dramas where you were talking about kind of when podcasting became the, um, the format that those started taking place in. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking before we went on how at one time we were on what was known as an internet radio station. Uh, <laughs> needless to say those aren't really a thing anymore. Nope.
1: Uh, (laughs) There's like the eight track. But,
0: uh, and and similarly, uh, it it looks, it seems like audio drama has found a new home in, in the podcast format. And I think that speaks to, I mean, the flexibility, basically anything audio that you want to put out, Mm -hmm.
2: you you have a home if you want to. Yeah. I mean, we've seen from 2019 um, Spotify had 500,000, individual podcasts on it and that was Spotify alone Uh, by 2020 that number increased even more because everyone was sitting at home with the whole lockdown stuff and it became a hobby for a lot of people now a lot of podcasts now it's two years past have died out uh, because people had to go back to work and live their lives again but we still saw a huge rise in indie podcasters over the course of the past two years and it's been growing for 20 years anyways and so it's just a great form of media that it's just awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what, uh, <clears throat> what someone wants to get out through it either. Like there's no, you're not bound by like the old FCC regulations. Um, basically, if your audience will put up with it, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're <laughs> you, not... you know,
1: you, you the can, old Miller you test doesn't apply anymore, <laughs> which, oh yeah, that one used to get me every well every time, every time.
0: Uh, do you know the Miller test? I don't, but I know you two, because um, I was talking to Noah before the show started. He comes from a very similar background. Did uh, did a lot of college radio, just mm-hmm. like you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we had to learn
2: all the fancy yeah.
1: terms, right?
2: Oh yeah, it was uh that was the first thing that they told us in class was all right. Now there's a uh George Carlin's dirty oh, words God, yeah. you cannot say <laughs> online. And also if there's any references to sexual activities mm-hmm. uh then absolutely not. And then the teacher or the professor proceeded to play Monty Python Sit on My Face. Yep. Um which is not allowed on the radio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We had the the after 10 p.m. disclaimer. We're fortunate to the Get away with that, but if you tried to play Soundgarden's "Big Dumb Sex," you know,
2: before ten o'clock at night, <laughs> you were fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even at ten o'clock at night, they ease some of the regulations, but they still still will come down on you. Depending on your area, I guess, and how
1: well how the FCC it, acts. it, it does, it's a kind of to the Miller test because the Miller test is is um, your broadcast area for your community. And that's one of the qualifications has to have viability, you know, politically or spiritually or, you know, artistically for your community. Which is weird because then <clears throat> what I found interesting is that basically Terrestrial Radio died a horrible death with Bob and Tom. Because those guys are terrible and they're syndicated. They are the morning show for everywhere across the United States.
0: They're not funny. And I guess they were just cheap, affordable. Well, I, I would argue, uh, it really started when like Stern and Opie and Anthony went to satellite. That's that's when terrestrial radio started, and now even satellite. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, (laughs) just do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you are doing podcasts. The um,
1: to get where I was going with that, the only place I've been is South Bay that has um, radio dramas still going over the airwaves. And it's, uh, it was a public access channel, of course. So, you know, people were you're, you're subscribed to it. And um, that was the best. Friday afternoons were the only time in, you know, that four-hour traffic going 10 miles were the best because you listen to all the radio dramas. And they would recreate some, and they'd have people come in and write new ones. Are you doing, like, a whole bunch of uh, – are you recreating older pre-written radio dramas or are you creating your own or a little bit of both?
2: little bit of both um as of right now i haven't done any of the classic ones because uh copyright is a weird thing and so when it comes to copyright audio is copywritten differently than the actual scripts for audio dramas which is very very strange um, and most of those scripts didn't actually have copyright and if they did it went out in the 60s which you know you would have been able to renew but if you renewed that before gosh the 80s or Uh 90s when disney lobbied against the government um then by now that copyright is done so i'm looking at different scripts of course war of the worlds because that's what originally got me into it in the first place Uh, but all these different scripts that are now public domain or if they're not public domain then uh the owners don't care enough about it. Like a lot of CBS broadcasting stuff, I mean, CBS makes no money off that. They don't resell them, any of that stuff. Shadow Knows can't do Shadow Knows. Um, they're still republishing those scripts in books. Um, but it's, it's a very weird uh, line to cross and walk around because some things are still copyrighted, and if they find you, then you pay out the wazoo, and if not, then... Hmm. Uh, But a lot of... I started my first two seasons with kind of randomized stuff. Um, Every story was its own episode. Third season, kind of the same thing, but a little bit more anthological. There's a little bit of reference to different seasons and different episodes that have happened. And this season, I decided to do a basically a standalone story arc um, where I've seen a... An increase in listenership because of it, um, because you know everyone likes their episode of the week type stuff. But when you have an actual full storyline to listen to with character arcs, and it just draws attention a lot more. So I'm probably going to keep doing that, but I'll definitely still be releasing those one-off episodes. Right now, I'm working on uh, what I call a, a movie, where it's just going to be about an hour and a half uh minimal voice actors but tell a full complete story and then i can just throw that online and people can listen
1: to that don't, don't mind me yeah I'm like trying to watch you but i can't don't do that trevor's playing with stuff <laughs> no, no. Talk, to um, the,
0: talk to the guest keep talking to the guest
1: um well if you need any voice acting <laughs> don't hire trevor
0: <laughs> Thanks,
1: for some reason he talks in the microphone his his nasal passages come through and nothing else <clears throat>
0: um hopefully that's improving yeah <laughs> uh, I got some medicine that I think will help with that.
1: I tried to do the a c x thing where you um um you know what I'm talking about you log in and you you read the the books or whatever da da da. i I actually started in recording doing my eagle scout project and my eagle scout project was to record a thousand hours of books to cassette for the carl springs deaf and blind school obviously the deaf kids weren't you know didn't get it much out of it but um years and years later i went back and uh Remembered that after my mom had passed, and I'd gotten like neighbor kids, my mom, like her friends, all these people to read these books. I had to get all the copyright stuff from the um, the publishers, like write them letters and do all that jazz. And um, some of them said no, and most of them were very apt, like yeah, sure, make. There were no, you know, books on tape weren't a thing, and at that point, not really. So they were like, yeah, sure, do it, Um, which is pretty awesome i went back and found a couple of old cassettes that you know like 20 years later so i got those i'm gonna put them on digital at some point and you know do that now but um um it's come full circle because now i'm mostly in the studio doing audiobooks for authors it's so bizarre Mm -hmm. it just comes full circle and uh And podcast editing or uh, at least mastering and doing ads and stuff for that. So talking about that financial thing, kids, there are ways to make some money. You can go to ACX and create an account and read some copy for somebody and they get you some gas money.
2: Yeah, I started, um, once I first got into audio dramas and making my own, I went out, got a $15 Walmart microphone and started doing LibriVox stuff because everything they do is public domain. And so I just kept doing that over and over again, getting practice through that I'd audition for like free audio dramas, like volunteer based work and just kept going from there. Uh, It's it's a nice ride, especially because I like the public domain works so much because you know, the stories belong to the people. It just makes them a bit more personable to me that I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, When it comes to making money, (laughs) uh, podcast editing is awesome and lucrative, uh, especially with how much podcasting has grown in the past two years, like I said. So I just graduated college like, I don't know. Uh, 18 days ago. That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it already feels like I've been out for two years. Like I I was ready to leave college when I started college, but I've been out for about 18 days. Um, and a week before I ended, um, I've been slowly building this podcast towards a multimedia production company. I've been doing stuff here and there, graduation photos, a lot of photography and audio-based stuff, uh, and eventually got a job for podcast editing and video editing and graphic design and whole nine yards. Uh, And my passions are audio, video, storytelling. And so I'm now working freelance doing exactly what I've always wanted to do. And something I've learned about podcast editing is, first off, it's awesome. I love sitting down for you know an hour or two to just edit add in music sometimes write my own music or make people's voices sound better any of that and it's just a really good time to to do that <laughs> well
1: so d- do me a favor and email tom morello for his <laughs> podcast because i have emailed him like 3 times and i'm like bro you're backing music versus your uh, spoken word microphone. Holy Jesus! It blow. It blew out one of the tweeters in the van. When it- I was like, "Level your volumes, bro. You need to call him yeah. and get it done for him." Like, I'll even give you a reference. So like, yeah, hire this dude for reals. Because it's like cause it's like this. It's like I'm Tom Morello, and you're listening to da 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 da. The music comes in. You're like, "Fuck!" Speakers are blown. Yeah, you need to work on his. Get on that team.
2: That's one of the. One of the things I've learned about from, like, if you go back and listen to my very, very first episode released January 25th, 2018, when I was 18 years old, just about to graduate high school, uh, it's awful. I used Pinnacle Studio, a video editor, to do it, and it's not an audio podcast, it's not an audio editor either, and so it just, it sounds awful, um... And now I've done some tweaks to it over the years, but I mean, I had that $15 Walmart microphone. Uh, My parents had a crawl space and I just threw up moving blankets in the crawl space and threw in a chair and a desk and said, all right, here we go. So audio is just genuinely terrible for it. And over the past years, I mean, over the college experience, I've learned audio editing and leveling and how to even level in the first place and that stuff is really important because if you don't do it, then you get your ears blown out, yep. and nobody wants to listen to your podcast if you cannot hear it anymore. Yep. <laughs>
1: That's true. It's, it's, I tried to explain to somebody music. They were like, well, you know, it just sounds really good. I'm like, yeah, because it's not confusing. It's not, it's mixed properly. You're listening to a, a mastered, fully produced song and then you're jumping over on your spotify playlist to an indie artist who did it in a crawl space with some blankets and a cheap microphone the passion is still there for both of them but your brain is like i'm confused what's happening it's i don't understand your brain is telling you no i don't want to listen to this this is terrible yeah and so
0: well it's funny with music some genres pride themselves on that like black metal yeah oh, they're dude. like Dude, a production me, get me No, no, no We're gonna take a cassette deck Yeah With a built-in microphone And hit record <laughs> yep.
1: I actually got fired from a record label Because I let the artist produce the record And they're like, put reverb on everything I'm like, guys, it's not a good idea and they're like, no, no, no Fucking do it, it'll be awesome
2: We want reverb on the drums
1: uh, Everything Get the kick drum Everything No It was just drenched It was soaking wet Like, coming out of the lake in half in the lake and then the guy calls he's like what the hell is this I was like well they sent you the demo he's like no they said this is done I was like well maybe you should have talked to me first (laughs) he's like you're fucking fired I'm like no no no. that was their demo I gave that to them for the uh, their experience he's like they already released it and I'm like well you're the record label how'd they release it (laughs) they already put it up online I was like well that's not on me you owe me 1700 bucks fuck off (laughs) 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 yeah it was bad it was really
2: bad um yeah I did a year of audio production and music production and that was one of the things the professor said was alright we're going to start off by listening to a song and you probably know the song um and then you're going to get the files and you're going to make it sound like what it sounds like on Spotify and uh that was not easy but it was a great way of you know being thrown into the deep end just really helped to learn because you're right it it has so much work that goes into music production where like I, i had the opportunity to be uh the video editor for a music video and it was fun to do anyways but I talked with the audio engineer afterwards and asked him, like, hey, what were some of the things that you put on to help with her voice? What were some of the things you did to help with music and all of that? And he just went through and showed me everything that he did, um, which was generally much different from the way that I go around music and audio, which is very eye opening that everyone has these different ways of going about making music. But at the end, the final product still sounds awesome. That. That is the best truism I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always said, um, like, bands come and vet the studio, and they come and check it out, and they want to hang out, whatever. And, and the last thing I talk about is money. That's the very last thing. Like, try to bring it up. I waylay them and talk about other stuff. The biggest thing is, is like, is how do you guys work? Do you want to smoke weed all day? And then capture lightning in a bottle in the last 30 seconds of your day, of your budget, the last hour. That's awesome. Go to Bill Douglas at Royal Recording and hang out with him. He will do that job for you and do it really well. Because he'll sit around, smoke weed with you all day, and then capture lightning in a bottle. It's about the vibe of the producer. If you want to get yelled at and screamed at and like thrown shit at, you know, go talk to Steve Albini. Like He'll fucking throw candle wax at you and make you work harder. It's about your vibe and how you want to go about doing it. And then it comes into like the techniques of actual pieces of hardware or software or whatever. And it's so bizarre because every, if you listen to a Nirvana record, like a Butch Vig record, and then you listen to, or let's just take this for example. Uh, everybody knows the Nirvana record, the Nevermind. Yeah, the, there was the um, Ken Andrews mixes. Which are the ones that made it on the radio and are now legendary, and then little, often less heard, are the Butch Vig mixes. The guy who produced the record, not that much different, but a world apart. An absolute world apart. You're like, oh, it's the same song. Yeah, but there's this little here and this little. Here. Anyway, I digress. This isn't a <laughs> music podcast. But we could we could nerd out all day on this stuff. <clears throat> um, okay, so I've got a buddy who who does um, <clears throat> audio capture for movies, big movies. Oh. And uh, we always have the argument, uh, and I want to see where you're at with this, because you're in an, a unique position. He does full-on movies like Shutter Island and, you know, big-ass mm-hmm. movies. I do shitty local bands like in Elements <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> On the preamp side, God dang, Trevor, you're just... On the preamp side, he likes super clean. So no colorization from the audio interface or the hardware or anything. So the purest of pure sound. So he tries to get like the cleanest mic that doesn't have a tube in it, doesn't have any kind of saturation, doesn't have any EQ. Mm-hmm. The preamp this is totally digital, just a volume you know, booster. And then the music guys like stuff with character in it like Neve preamps like I've searched and it's been 15 years tracking down preamps and putting them in the studio. So where do you fall doing what you do because it's it's a it's a different creature.
2: So it's a great question. It goes both ways and depends on what I'm trying to do. When it comes to the audio dramas, I will use what I get. Um, I'm using an AKG C214 right now, um, which is a pretty good microphone, but I like to collect microphones and various other audio supplies, and sometimes they're not the greatest. I have an old trucker radio uh, that I left at my parents' house that's from I think 1952, 1953, and the sound quality sounds very classic audio drama, except there's you know, if you have any plosive whatsoever, it'll explode. Um, and so for me, I like that. I, I like having the character to the microphone and to the interfaces in general because when you have that character, it makes it feel more authentic. I can understand wanting to have it clean. And I think if I were to be doing music, I'd want as clean as I can get because I'm very much so a post production person. At least when it comes to video is, you know, I'd rather shoot wide and in 4K so I can post production, zoom and edit and do whatever I need to there. But uh, for audio, I like I like character. I was
0: going to say, character though, too, gives the detail. Like, <clears throat> bringing it in clean, you can always add something to it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that's the argument. That's the argument like, from his If end. I ever want to put something on it, I can. It's like perfectly pristine. But if it comes in with that, it's like, well, it's there. And it, that's my no thing. get like, rid
1: of it. I like to commit. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, your voice sounds like this. Like Robot Peanut Butter. I sent her through an old harmonica microphone that was kind of beat to shit. So it's got that sort of honky, nasally, on fire sound. Mm-hmm. And made her sing all the choruses mm-hmm. with it. And it. She's like, that's just... You. I was like, yeah, I could have done it with an EQ and a plug-in, but it was way more fun to do it with a broken-down old Shure microphone. So, yeah. <laughs> I dig it. I like the character. I, I Again, I like to commit. So, doing live um, dramas, we used to do some of that stuff in college. And um, I like seeing where it goes. Sometimes, you know, with the script, you get people who... Well, they, like, read it wrong, you know? So the most famous that I remember, not in my, whatever, was that 70s show where Kitty, the mom, read the script, read it wrong, and then played that character and got the part because she read a section of where the kids were describing her like, that's how they saw her. So then she shows up playing kitty like that. And they're like, yep, fucking just do it. Just go for it. It wasn't even the way she was supposed to, you know, play that role. But, um, so I like when things lie that happen live and they get a little wonky. And then some, like I say, somebody plays the character wrong. I mean, I wouldn't want the president of the United States to have a British accent. You know what I mean? Like, it's a well, little there's, too a, far.
0: there's an element too, like, with. <clears throat> doing something like audio dramas live, uh you know, maybe maybe someone's on the wrong page, you know. <laughs> to see the cast have well, to like adapt to Well bam. Well, I guess we're doing this part of the story now. <laughs> I think there's a Fraser
1: episode that, that dealt with that. I think he did one or the you know, the writers did a, a live radio drama for Fraser. And it all went to you know, and
2: all went Fraser'd up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in Almost Famous. Um, I I know going yes. way out of the way here, but I figured you probably know oh, yes. Almost Famous. Um, the story of Cameron Crowe? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so there's a scene in Almost Famous where uh, he's right outside with a uh, penny lane. I, forget, I think it was the fictional bands concert, whatever they were called. Um, sweet and water she or asked him, sweet like, water. hey, do you want to go here? And the actor just genuinely was like, ask me again. Because <laughs> he didn't know what the <laughs> ask line was. Me again. And, it, and it made it into the movie. Yeah. And it, it like it's a really heartfelt, good moment. And it seems like he's in character because he as an actor forgot, but his character probably was relatively nervous at that moment was might have said that too
1: i don't know know.
0: authenticity
1: i love that stuff absolutely love it still water
0: well and if you if you forgot your line i'm sure you're just as that conjures up the same kind of nervousness as a little kid who's you know maybe about to go somewhere with a pretty girl (laughs) Yep, that's right
1: still water i think yeah i'm a golden
0: god yeah (laughs) i
1: love the part where they're talking about the mojo you can do a whole sheet of paper in 18 minutes. <laughs> Weird tangent. Watch the uh, documentary that came out a year or two ago about all the writers for Rolling Stone. All the guys. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? Jim Jim Fong Torres, like one of the original writers. And uh, Bob Wells, all those guys. It's a great documentary. I watched it yesterday. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'll put that on my list of to watch, was, which I actually do have a list for. Nice. It was super good. <laughs> I don't know, documentary TV and the new Star Trek are like the best things out there right now. Oh, Strange new worlds? Yes. Yeah. I got all the feels. I did there were there were <laughs> a bunch of callbacks, a bunch of and I realized we're in the new the new new universe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Or is it a new Kelvin? Or like, is there another universe after that? I don't know, man. It's, they're it's, in the. Uh, they're in the. It's in the Discovery Eric Discovery fucked with the timeline
0: universe. <laughs> yeah, they're in Eric. <laughs> Eric Banner
1: came back a wreck shop universe, and then slash Discovery went and did a whole bunch of shit. They,
0: yeah, shouldn't have done. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, when <laughs> this is way off on a tangent. When they first announced Discovery, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, too. I like, oh. they're going to mess with stuff that's going to conceivably change stories. And I'm yeah. like, that's going to be a problem.
1: I was just, I just got my notebook out. I was like, oh, I got to have to timeline <laughs> this shit out. Like, where are we at? <laughs> How's this tie in with Picard? A,
2: does it even tie in with Picard at all? Picard was trying to head sort of that
1: way to fuck up the Romulans oh. and Spock didn't make it in time to save their planet. That's like the only arc. It's like the only little hmm. sh- Yeah.
2: So So basically they could do us- they could
1: do whatever the fuck they want as long as at the end of Picard Spock fucks up and doesn't, you know, he gets stuck in traffic well, he- and he doesn't make it over and save <laughs> Romulus. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: so Star Trek went down this strange route where um Or at least I find this interesting as a historical and storytelling perspective where Star Trek, you had your original series and you had Next Gen and all of those got movies, except for Voyager or Deep Space Nine or Enterprise. But they don't count. They don't. I like Voyager. They don't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you get the reboot and the Kelvin stuff and you have all the actors for those movies, um, but they don't translate to the television shows. Right. And so effectively, you have two people playing Kirk at the same time or you have two people playing Spock at the same time. And I feel like it misses a little bit of its character, its uh, genuineness, because at least to me, what made the films um, so much fun was that I could then go watch the TV show afterwards. Right. And that's what I did most of the time. And And so the films kind of miss that point of like Discovery doesn't have a movie. I feel like it probably would. I didn't finish discovery, you know, but like brave new worlds probably won't get a movie either. No. And I, I think, I think that's
0: one thing where Marvel is hitting the nail on the head a little better because there's not the separation of the TV shows from the movies. If a character appears in the TV show, it's played by the person who played them in the movie. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, If Iron Man shows up, yeah. it's Robert Downey Jr. The end. The whether end. it's a TV show or, a, you know. Yeah. Um, if Cap shows up, it's fucking Chris Evans. That, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
1: well, I think they had the money to, well, not that Paramount doesn't have the money to pull it off. I just think, I, 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 mean, I agree with you wholly because the callbacks from the movies to the show are awesome. Like, you, you know backstory on so-and-so because, oh,
0: yeah, war fucked that one bitch well, on
1: that and one think, planet, and now he's, like, kind of salty about this, and then you realize that that's what he's I doing think, in the movie. I think
0: some of that, too, is because when, um, when like, the Kelvin movies came out, there was still the stigma of, once you do movies, it's like, well, I'm not going back to TV.
1: The money. You know and what thing I mean? And this, hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think I think the streaming services have kind of busted that. They're like, yeah. no, no, no. It's just as lucrative. Here's here's a giant pile of money. Here's a giant pile (laughs) of (laughs) cash. Come do our TV show. (laughs) Did you ever see What
1: We Left Behind?
0: I did not. Oh, the documentary on... uh, What We Left Behind?
1: Trevor, yeah, it's a documentary on Deep Space Nine and not ruining anything really. The main thrust of that was had Deep Space Nine come out during the streaming, it would probably be the number one... Star Trek show. Interesting, because of the huge story arcs and the huge storytelling, and I mean, you've seen all Deep Space Nine, right? Be- I have no. Oh.
2: I've gotten like three episodes in, and I know it's Star Trek. You've got to give it a little bit more time. It, it, but my brother and I yeah. used to do Voyager every year, right. rewatch the entire series, and so DS Nine is so that's kind of different. harder to
1: watch. It's easier to binge.
2: And that's what they were getting at. And that's what they're getting at. Streaming it would have
0: been great. Yeah,
1: they kept moving the time slots. They did the same thing to Firefly, and Firefly got fucked Mm -hmm. after one season. So (laughs) they did the same thing to that. So I remember, like, oh, who's this Benjamin Cisco guy? I'm like, in a Kmart, I'm a kid. I'm looking at the TVs in the TV section going, oh, this is cool. And I watched the first episode of Deep Space Nine at the the Kmart. And I was like, oh, we got to watch this. And then didn't see it until basically it was on DVD because you couldn't find it ever. It was on too late at night. It was on the middle of the day. It was... They jacked up. They Yeah.
2: I think it's interesting. Um, as much as I don't like Disney, the idea that Marvel has brought about has completely revolutionized the way that we, as the people, um, as viewers, enjoy entertainment, where there needs to be, you know, season-long story arcs. Long gone are... The days of a cowboy riding into town, solving a singular issue, and then going off to the next episode to do it all over again. You mean the Mandalorian? And instead, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's <laughs> why I didn't like Mandalorian, with the background too. story arc. Yeah, um,
1: yeah basically, it's a, it was a it's a west it's the old westerns.
2: Yeah, and it also has a lot of samurai to it. Oh yeah, um, especially in the music, which is. Very interesting, but digress. Uh, So, Marvel went into the idea of Iron Man and all of that after the failure of the Hulk movies. Um, I would assume in the way of, uh, it'd be nice to eventually in 15 years make this a whole Infinity War thing, but right now let's make a solid movie where you can watch and understand what the characters are. That's what they did for most of... Well, you, you you know you have to understand who the up. you
1: have to understand who the storytellers were, right? You're you're looking at the Hulk, the one with the only good thing about it was Jennifer Conley because Eric Bana, you're like, man, you know, Doctor Drake Ramore basically is the Hulk. You're like, I can't buy it, I just can't swallow. You're a little younger than I am. I remember Eric Banna as a soap opera actor, and then he's trying to be the Hulk. You're like, no, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Then you've got Edward Norton who takes creative control over everything and really just kind of shit goes sideways. And then you've got a guy who's a super fan, huge fan, right? Who wants to make modern Westerns. I'm going to jab on you on that one. You know, you got John Favreau (laughs) who shows up and wants to tell great stories. And here you have Iron Man, assembled the right people, had the right story, fucking went to the moon created a whole universe you know so there i guess my thing is like when fans like super fans write and create you know and then give the opportunity to keep the integrity like you were saying with the old star trek stuff right keep that integrity not just dump it on the next jj abrams guy like oh he did star wars let's let him do star trek too it's like dude no, no, no! no, no. <laughs> we have lightsabers and phasers on stunt. What the fuck? This is messing with me. You can't do this to me. Let super fans you know get to a point where they can do it and let them do it because it. I mean, we have the Marvel universe now,
2: and that's why everything else we've seen has failed is because. The movie the, or at the movies, the money that was in Marvel wasn't really there in the beginning. Like it had the fans, but also it appealed to an average moviegoer, and you know, average moviegoers can be Marvel fans, but a lot of the times it was just normal people. Well, <laughs> they they are not
1: comic book nerds who grew up with it. They were taking their kids to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, Dark, Black Sabbath. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. <laughs> there, the disconnect is there. But they took their kids to see it, and now those kids are now, you know, helping make those movies. You know, this is that was a long. This has been a long push, yeah, for this stuff.
2: Well, and that's why when uh, Universal tried to do their stuff with the Mummy, and you know, despite the fact that it was a Tom Cruise Mummy movie, and it sounds awful, that after was Brendan not Frazier, already Mummy. Nailed it. That
0: was um, that was Mission Impossible Six. <clears throat> <laughs>
2: Mummy, not included. Well, yeah, they, they tied
0: it into their Dracula, yeah, that had come out, I don't know, a year or two before, and they, yeah, they, they, the goal was to resurrect the old Universal Monster Universe, right? Yeah, Dracula, Frankenstein, Dracula, Money, Mummy, Wolfman, right. all of that stuff. So in what the they do? Universe.
1: They did not let a super fan write that
2: script <clears throat> and direct that movie. They let the artist, and the star, do it. And it. So I am a huge DC fan. I grew up on the comics. I grew up watching Teen Titans when it was a, you know, cartoon TV show. I grew up on the cusp of like Justice League Unlimited and all the animated stuff. And so I grew up with a lot of that. And uh, it's very interesting to me to sit back and compare the two of, you know, how Marvel's gone about making a very successful franchise that is revolutionized at least the You know, at least the movie market itself. And then DC saying, oh, cool. Let's take our storylines that are pretty big and popular and just make them into movies ish. Ish. Um, Instead of looking at it the same way that Marvel did. Like Marvel, one of the great things about them um, that has helped with casting a lot for, you know, these TV shows and movies now was they got the cast right the first time. When they had somebody who they wanted to play the character, someone who felt like the character, then they stepped into that role. Um, Now, Marvel does have a few hit-or-miss characters that step in and just do not embody the character at all. But DC, when they saw it, and they just didn't get the right people to play the right characters. They couldn't portray them in a way that... Marvel characters could, so they were always so one up. which, and this which characters are you
1: dis- disenchanted with? Uh,
2: naturally, I think the first one that comes to mind is Brie Larson Captain Marvel. Um, that tends to be a pretty go-to. <laughs> but I am not a huge fan of a lot of, like, the villains or a lot of the kind of more side characters. Um, for instance, with the latest Doctor Strange, I like America as character and i think she was okay and i think the actress portrayed her well but when comparing her to someone like ned uh from the spider-man movies where ned has more of a presence and he doesn't have a lot of screen time but he feels like a character that's kind of integral america it's because of how sammy or sam raimi went about it was kind of making it more of a you know a uh, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange movie, as opposed to America. America was more of the MacGuffin for the movie, which kind of took away a part of her character because she didn't get as strong of character development mm-hmm. as Scarlet Witch. And then did. what about DC? Oh God, yeah, I I have yet to see a Batman I enjoy because um, someone sometimes they nail the Batman. But miss the Bruce Wayne. Sometimes they miss the Bruce Wayne and or sometimes yep. they miss the Batman and nail the Bruce Wayne. And that's where you run into an issue because, you know, DC doesn't care about getting the character right the first time, which is why we've seen what this the third Batman in 10 years where or third person to play Batman in 10 years ish. Christopher Nolan, Batfleck. Well, and there's and there's rumors
0: that, that they're still going to do Justice League stuff with Affleck. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. So, so like, now, old, you know, uh, I
1: don't know. I kind of like, I think he did a good Bruce Wayne for being older. an older Bruce Wayne. I'm like, okay. Kind of harkens back to the comic or the comic uh, or cartoon series. You're like, okay. <laughs> Okay, kind of, but then his Batman was just like, oh, Jesus.
2: Well, you kind of run into this issue of you have these characters and you have the first meeting of the Justice League. You don't want to start the Avengers with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man being 60, 70 years old and he's the one who brought everyone together. Yeah. Same thing for Justice League. You don't want Batman or Superman to step in and they've already been a superhero for 60 years yeah. or whatever and then. Because then the characters already learned and done a lot of their arc. And so they haven't actually, you know, I'm sure they can help with other character arcs. But as the other members of the League go about their stories and becoming the heroes that they eventually become, you just miss a part of it. Like the friendship between Batman and Superman is still there, but it's not quite they as only, strong they only as got the 20-year-old the.
1: The only thing they got was the contention.
2: You know, Batman's fear yeah. of, of
1: his superpowers. That's all you get from that movie. Like, well, that's and the and whole movie. Of course, movie.
0: The, the super cheesy Martha. Martha. And oh. it's like, yeah. Martha. Okay. It hurts. All right. Martha. We're, go, we're going with that. Yep. Like, that's going to be the... <laughs> okay, the we'll be friends now because our moms have Martha the, same, the same, name. same name. Also, it goes back to uh, how lazy are comic book writers because that was totally from the comics. They're both named fucking Martha. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't come up with that for the movie yeah. that's a what's a good mom name in the martha. in the 30s someone went martha, martha that's a that's a good mom it's name mom. okay who cares that both batman and superman's mom's name is martha <laughs> yeah i'm gonna jump back a,
1: an hour and to say keys is totally right they did fuck up with firefly in in my old age my old bruce wayne gray <laughs> Yeah, the old man, old man Logan moment here. Um, I think they did fuck up with Firefly, and at the same time, I'm sitting here going, it was the perfect thing that could have happened. Get okay, one season
2: in a movie. Yeah. You know? I mean, it completed character arcs really well, especially for the characters that didn't make it to the end of the movie. Like... What they had, what they had learned from the TV show, transferred over to the movie really well, and eventually led to some really good stories.
1: Yeah, i, I really hope they don't reboot. They're like, oh, we're gonna reboot Firefly. I'm like, stop.
2: <laughs> Nathan Fillion is very happy on the road. Yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> um, I had but to
1: wait. Want to go I had to well. do two things. I had to wait like ten years to watch um, Stargate SG One. Because I could not see uh, MacGyver, you know, running around with, Dude, a, with a gun. There's a great. Oh, all the behind-the-scenes there's a great, shit, there, there are that? some great
0: outtakes where, like, characters, <laughs> you know, actors are like, uh, I'm with fucking MacGyver and we can't get out of this. And he's like, come on, come on. Come on. You know, you just ruined a take for that for a shitty joke. <laughs> yeah, he's not happy about the whole MacGyver thing.
1: Um, what was the other one? Oh, I just now started watching Castle.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So I dig it. I just had to wait long enough to to, to disengage. <laughs> you know, the way I feel about Nathan Fillion and being Captain Mel and what was that, Doctor Horrible's fucking that music, Captain Hammer, that musical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to
2: wait. Just had to wait a while. <laughs> Castle is a good series, but it lost me after the second season because it went on for like ten season or whatever, and. You know, like, I I learned some of the background drama of Nathan Fillion and, you know, what happened with some of the actors. Um, Like, he wasn't a bad person. anyone. He just got married and then they got divorced. And by the last season, it was like they couldn't even be on screen together or on the same set uh, together. Was that the cop? Yeah. Really? Interesting. In real life, they did. Um, Yeah. uh, You can't
1: shit where you eat, man. You can't do that. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> don't shit where you eat, man. Don't ever bang somebody at work. Or, That's or just well, marry somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't ever. Th- Nathan Fillion learned his lesson. Apparently, <laughs> don't ever throw. Yeah, it's in the first scene of the rookie. <laughs>
0: uh, Trevor hasn't seen it. I haven't, but I don't know. But then there are then there are people that make it work, like back to Deep Space Nine. Um, I always forget his name. The guy that plays Bashir and Nana Visitor, who played. Uh, the major. Yeah. They were married for a good portion of that series, got divorced and just fucking went to work cloud through and did their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't let any do. of that shit creep in. <laughs> That's what you do. So, well, um, <clears throat> before we go, I definitely want to get, uh, make sure that our audience is aware of the, um, the, we mentioned it kind of at the top, but the uh, the men's mental health documentary that you got on your YouTube channel, I wanted to talk about that for sure before we leave. Because yeah. that's kind of, that was the impetus for you hitting us up. And we've kind of just meandered through all so kinds of nerd it? shit. See how I do it? See <laughs> so.
1: rail. I'm like, I'm worse than Craig Ferguson's interviews.
2: <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it definitely tell so, us about that. Yeah. I'll just kind of give you like the making of story. So it, my final semester of college I've got an internship at a really awesome place that actually treats me like a person is not just some intern go get coffee go do this Um, and I had a class that was called the senior year internship seminar uh, which actually had nothing to do with your internship whatsoever Um, they just called it that and you were supposed to basically do a giant Eagle Scout project some community outreach project and do it over the course of the semester so I said I have no interest in doing that. I don't want to go make park benches or any of that. I'm far too focused on working on my skills to get better for my career field. Um, And so I approached the professor and said, hey, my internship will let me use these resources to make a mini documentary. uh, And, you know, I'll post it on YouTube and post about it and tell people about it. And it will, uh, you know, that'll be my community outreach. That's how that'll work. Um, And it's about five minutes long, so I get approval from the professor, I go to the internship and say, hey, by the way, asking for forgiveness, uh, can I use your stuff to make a mini documentary about men's health, uh, men's mental health? And they were like, absolutely, we're going to help you do it, we're going to provide the equipment, we'll give you the studio space, we'll give you all of that. And you know, we'll let you record on our, or record, edit on our computers. So I spent about two days working on the script, doing research, and had a lot of different things. Um, the first couple scripts were really statistical, and I was just throwing out numbers at people. Uh, and I, statistics can be powerful, but when all you're doing is saying, ah oh, yeah, 70%, 85%, it turns out that 13%, 16 That's not exciting. Nobody wants to hear that. And it's not a good story either, because ultimately we're humans. And the thing that we want to hear are stories. Um, And so I did some reworking and eventually got to the script that it is now. Um, I recorded it with one of the other interns and three other people, the president of the company, um, the producer and kind of set manager and a videographer, video editor. And did all that, edited it, posted it, and uh, from there it kind of sat. I got an A-plus on the project. I was happy. Everything was great. Uh, But my dad has always been my number one supporter, and he ended up showing it to some health seminar, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, um, that his company was doing. And the person in charge really liked it. And so they showed it to the entire seminar of a couple hundred people. uh, And about a week later, my quotes were on the internal company newsletter. And here I am now discussing it with, you know, two strangers over the Internet. So I'm a little bit surprised how far it's gone. But also it's a message that absolutely needs to be out there for anyone's mental health, but especially for men, um, because... I mean, the ultimate message is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to share emotions and feelings and be yourself. And if your emotions are feel and feelings are going out and lifting and getting buff and feeling great about the power from that, then that's the thing to do, you know? Ultimately, you want to live your life being the best person you can be. What's the point to living life if you're not enjoying life? Like, you got to live happy find the little things in life and go from there, which I know is very stereotypical. And you hear that all the time when it comes to mental health. Um, But it is something that's equally important to just at any moment of the day, take a step back and go, how am I feeling right now? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm vibing. I'm liking this TV show. Why do I like it? Oh, I like the way this actor portrays this character. Yeah, I find him kind of inspiring. I like this character a lot. There you go. A positive moment of your day that's a little bit more memorable. Well, and I, I think uh,
0: <clears throat> stuff like this is very important, especially in the age where we're kind of bombarded <clears throat> with, uh, you know, terminology like toxic masculinity. It's <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. Uh, you know there there is an element of. It, especially if you're looking in the, I guess the wrong places. I was gonna say the right places, but I guess the wrong places. There's an element of, uh, you know, how how dare you be a straight white man? <laughs> or you know, you know what I mean? What, <laughs> whatever, whatever the, you know, uh, whatever if you go in any spaces that use the kind of oppressor and oppressed prevailing oppressor terminology is, is, yeah. is, you know, if you're if you look like the oppressor. It's
2: like, whoa. Um, (laughs) So I, that's, you know, that's something I've always kind of taken issue with is I'm a, I'm very much so an individualist at the end of the day. You know, I care about you for you and who you are, what you are, what you represent, everything about you. If you are a straight white male, if you are a gay black woman, if you are like that stuff to me is, very minuscule, um, on the list of reasons why I should care about someone. Like if somebody's going through mental health issues and they reach out to me and they say, Hey, I, I just need to talk with you or I need to go out. We need to go to a bar and have a beer. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to be there. Like those are the type of people I care about. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm a, I'm a straight white male who makes stories and I tell stories that are, Difficult stories. I have perspectives that are not common even for you know, whatever political side you believe in My beliefs probably go against either side and that's the thing is all of those Attributes about myself come together to make me and at my car at my core. I don't believe I'm a bad person I don't believe I'm someone who you know is an oppressor who goes out and Actively looks to harm people or passively looks to harm people. I'm somebody who in my everyday life understands that sometimes I hurt and sometimes every human on the planet can be hurting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're all in this together as corny as it sounds like, well, and that's got to treat someone like, a human. that's another
0: piece of the, the the message from the movie. Uh, you know, and again, it's like you mentioned, it's only five minutes long. I watched her earlier. Um, but, a uh, a really good takeaway is <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure to fit into a box, whatever that box is. Yeah. And you know, you what? are your job. You, you don't are have your, to, yeah. you don't have to, no. you know, you don't have to jam yourself into the software engineer box. You don't have to jam yourself into the, um, you know, I'm a lame dad box. You don't have to jam yourself into <laughs> the, you know, I mean, pick any of them, the, any of the expectations, um, <clears throat> something but, that's important
1: oh, go ahead if you want to fucking get in that box uh, sure yeah and run with it if that's where you're happy where then you, climb you on it be, you want to be that the the lame dad that mows the lawn raises kids and goes to work every day and is married for 45 years and uh, retires to you know the Hamptons
0: I'm on my way do it well maybe not the Hamptons I don't like New York <laughs> I'm
2: just saying <laughs> like, yeah but <laughs> No, and it's true. That's something I point out is uh, in the video is that there are all these boxes and sometimes people just need to break free. Like for me I, I just, I did two years of community college. I did it online. I hated going in and listening to professors talk because a lot of the times they derailed or they didn't do anything helpful for me. I'm somebody who is a self-made man. I've taught myself. I've done everything myself. And then when I got to college I got to my four-year college, COVID hit. Uh, (laughs) But after we were allowed to come back to classes, I was sitting there kind of going, huh, I've taught myself everything up until this point. I don't really need this. And so I have gone against the grain in every decision I've done. Like I founded my own company a week before college was even over. And this is what I'm doing for a living less than a month after graduating college. Most of my friends are looking for jobs or never went to college or went to community college and are managers or, you know, a lot of those types of things. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's the life decisions that they made. And as long as they're happy with where they are and who they are, it's what matters. It doesn't matter if I'm a college graduate, therefore I'm smart because I've gone to four years of school or something like that. The boxes, the labels... At the end of the day, it's just something to help bring you down mentally, you know. Sometimes it helps bring you up, because I I like to say I am a self-made man. That's a good label, at least in my own mind, to put on myself. But when other people label you, it tends to be like, oh, well, no, no, hold on. Stop talking. You're you're a Christian. You can't talk about that. Oh, you're an atheist? What do you know about religion? And like, you know, I I don't know why I just immediately went to religion, but... (laughs) It's the easy one to draw parallels from
1: it i will is. i will say this I'm, I'm i'm digging your whole your whole thing man like especially when you know, talk about <laughs> the self made man and like God knows i've been doing that for twenty five years some yeah you know, my own companies um my only advice uh, you know given to you or not whatever you however you take it is uh, continued learning from a professional oh yeah um, and it doesn't have to be school. My my favorite for me that works for me is I'll quit doing my thing and I'll go work for somebody else that I feel like they do it way better than I do or they do something that is far better than the how I know how to do it and I go work with them, for them for a while or with them for a while until I've gleaned what I need to up my skill set and then back to what I was doing. That, is, that yeah. has been very helpful over the years.
2: Yeah, I should clarify when it came to college, I was that way when it came to like the internship. The first day of the internship, I had introduced myself to everyone in the company and I had spent at least half an hour with each of them learning their personal stories and their career stories of how they came to be where they are. And I one of the things I always say is I will never be perfect, but I will get as close as I can by the time I die. Like, I want to learn from everyone I can who knows more than me, who has better skills than I do, who who in any way can shape me into becoming a better person. I will be, you know, right by their side and writing down like anything I can. Nothing is too, nothing is above my head. Nothing is below me. Nothing is any of that stuff. I just want to be the best person I can because I'm living life. I'm liking it. We've got a lot more to learn.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, finally, before we take off, let the people know where they can find you and your, you know, your stuff, uh, your services, because you don't just do the podcast thing. Um, as That's I've right. seen from your website that that I was having a look at, uh, <clears throat> you offer a lot more services than just uh, just being entertained by a podcast.
2: Yeah. So ultimately, it's about storytelling for me. I want to create my own stories, but more importantly, I want to help you tell your stories. Um, so I do podcasting. I do short films like we just discussed. I've released an album, which, you know, next one's gonna be even better. Uh, <laughs> EQ was far too high on that album, but that's the point of why we do it. Uh, and also, I do podcast editing, video editing, such as video podcast editing, um, graphics and motion design. I spent about three hours today making a 30-second Mario knockoff video for a client. Not sure why they wanted it, but they wanted it, and it looked pretty good at the end. Um, I also do, if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, I do live event stuff. So I did a wedding this past weekend. Um, I also do grad photos, photography of... Any sort, videography of any sort. I also have equipment to be able. Page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is what I've been dying for. <laughs> finally, <laughs> um, I also have uh, treatment and studio space, and like can call in a whole bunch of favors to be able to uh, record music and help you produce music, and also podcasting. Um, I'm in the process of making a podcast network. And so people who are interested in setting up a podcast or aren't don't really understand the industry or any of that stuff, then I'm also a creative consultant. I will help sit down, get the ideas for your podcast, help you funnel them out into your first three to six episodes um, and, you know, I'll edit it, I'll mix and master it and I'll help you put it out there maybe even do social media whole nine yards. Uh, I've taught myself over these years, but I've also learned from professionals and anything digital at this point, I just love doing, uh, yeah, that's kind of the main thing when it comes to contacting me, uh, you can contact me at retrospection, multimedia.com, um, which is a very, very long name, or you can do retrospection radio at gmail.com. Um, But probably the best way to reach out to me would be going to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Reddit, if you want to, and just finding Retrospection Radio or Retrospection Multimedia. If you search either of them, it shows up, and you can send me a message, you can like and follow. Um, If you forget website or email information, you can easily find that on all of my social medias, too.
0: All right, man. Well, there'll be a link here, I'm sure. <clears throat> absolutely. Um, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us, talking about some nerd shit and nerd some shit. men's mental health, and you know, it <laughs> yeah. was a blast. I want to hit you up on the
1: twatters, man. We'll talk yeah, talk absolutely. gear. I click preamps and microphones and guitars and amp, puff, yeah, guitar amps. And... Yeah,
2: yeah, that's why I'm divorced. <laughs> 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 a lot of toys that is (coughs) one other thing I do want to add um is mental health I'm not a professional I'm not any of that when it comes to the mental health field but I am somebody who likes to listen and offer advice and help where I can um so if there is a pressing issue where you feel that you can't go to anyone else in your life feel free to send an email or a message to retrospection radio stuff and we'll try and talk and help you out in whatever way you can um, because you're not in this alone sometimes as a man I know it's hard to go out and talk to people and say here are my emotions this is you know I don't like the way you looked at me the other day I think it was rude or you know I've been filled with anger because of it but I won't show it or any of that really important to talk um, and I'm always I'm always out here to talk and try and help out anyone I can
0: alright man well, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, yeah, it's it been was, a
1: pleasure. It was a great talk. So Good to meet you, Noah.
2: It's nice to meet you, too. Right. Have a good evening. Yeah,
1: me too.
0: Yeah, Noah Martin. That was a cool dude. Pretty um, impressive young man. No shit. Like way
1: <laughs> ahead of the curve, man. Way ahead of the curve. He's going to do all right. Um, <clears throat> as long as he doesn't burn out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I got all these irons in the fire. So we have an old saying here on Man Tools. There's the young bull who tells the old bull, hey, let's run down that hill and fuck all them <laughs> heifers. Then <laughs> there's the old bull who says, how about we walk down there? And then fuck all their members.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're still going to be
1: there. Still going to be there. Just leisurely grazing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's some sage wisdom in that. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> well, speaking of uh, sage wisdom, we should probably uh, let these fine people hear from our sponsors.
2: We
0: should, yes. If I find the correct scene. There it is.
2: So, on my way over here, my brakes made an awful noise, and the last time I got them done, it was so expensive. You should go to EXO Auto Works. They did a great job on mine, and it was way cheaper than anywhere else I've been. That sounds great. I need to get their number from you.
0: At EXO Auto Works, we offer the best price on brake service in town. We include brand new brake pads, rotors, and hardware, which saves you money and gets you on the road faster. See our website for a full list of our services. Call EXO Auto Works today. I take the person with me everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. online now at thebeardstruggle.com. Use the code TLANE15 for 15% off your order. It Reverse on the flight, <laughs> the other shot, the other
2: shot,
1: the flight, the other shot.
0: Hey. Ho, ho, ha, ha. All <laughs> right. Well, this week in his story. Uh, let's see. May 19th, 1780. Near total darkness descends on New England at noon. No explanation is ever found.
1: That's bullshit. And this is
0: in the midst of, you know, the Revolutionary War and all kinds of fun stuff happening. Just poof. Noon. It goes dark. No, sir. Didn't happen.
1: Did it? I wasn't there.
0: I wasn't either. Okay. I mean, and for all we know, this is all bullshit, media, conspiracy, <laughs> nonsense that, you know. <laughs> Why we have our disclaimer. <laughs> oh, that's going away, by the way. Did you hear about that? No. The disinformation board has been paused, and uh, the <clears throat> Professor Umbridge lady uh, tendered her resignation. <laughs> you
1: think? So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so let's see. Well, um, we can all drive <laughs> Volvos. No, May 20th, <laughs> 1951. During the Korean War, U.S. Air Force Captain James Habara becomes the first ace using a jet as his aircraft. So. Okay. And apparently his nickname was the kid. Yep, as the um, kid. <laughs> May, let's see, May 21st, 1506. Going back a bit. Christopher Columbus, the first non-Viking white guy to come to the New World. <laughs> that never touched the actual <laughs> continent, right? Yep. Okay. Landed in uh, what is now Haiti, and uh, the Dominican Republic is, if I'm Correct. <clears throat> the i think the island's called Espanola cuz he named it after the people that paid for him to get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was in the charter. <clears throat> uh anyways, yeah, 1506, so about 15 years after he uh took off the first time. So uh what did he do? Sail the Ocean Blue. There it is. We're rappers. Uh, Let's see. May twenty second, nineteen thirty nine. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini sign the Pact of Steel, forming the Axis Powers. (sighs) Which and all I gotta say is, uh, I'm for the most part German and Italian, and spectacular things happen when Germans and Italians get together. They're not always good, but they're spectacular. (laughs) <laughs> did,
1: you, did you hear what NATO was telling Germany?
0: Now? Yeah.
1: No. Uh-uh. All right, here's what we want you to do. We want you to get an army together. We want you to, go you go to know, skip over Poland <laughs> and attack Russians. Germany's <laughs> like, like, are you sure? Well, I mean, we're pretty good at that. We've done that before. <laughs> we we have permission now?
0: I'm not sure about the skipping over <laughs> Poland part. We've never <laughs> we never tried it that way. We
1: never tried it that way. no no just roll through poland
0: they'll be fine with it honest honest
1: (laughs) no one will have flashbacks no Mm -mm. Uh,
0: let's see uh may 23rd 1934 gangster couple bonnie parker and clyde barrow are gunned down by the uh texas rangers in their car that's kind of what's left of it you can see bonnie there in the front i'm not sure where what remains of clyde is but uh (laughs) he must have climbed out of the car i don't know i the
1: side. whatever
0: i'm not sure why the window's covered either because everybody's seeing what's going on already so uh i don't know anyways um let's see may 24th 1844 Samuel Morse. Uh, <clears throat> Founder of the Neil Morse band? No, that would be Neil Morse. But oh. uh, Samuel Morse tap, taps out the very first telegraph message on the using the code that he developed. So that's Morse code. Right. He's like, I'm the first guy using this. So I get to decide, okay, <laughs> Here, here's the code. <laughs> Fun fact,
1: you've been to the studio, right? Your studio, yeah. yes. Yeah. You see all the slats on the wall, right? Uh-huh. Humans don't do random. Correct. We, yeah. we, we just don't. Yeah. It, it patterns. And Even you, if you try, it doesn't it come out random. It doesn't come out, yeah. out random. So all those slats are Morse code. Mm. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: Yup. I'll have to refresh my memory on Morse code and see if I can decipher yeah. the message. Yeah.
1: See, mm-hmm. there's one, two, three, four of them.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, those slat walls. Right. well.
0: Um, let's see, May, uh, 25th, 1953, the first atomic cannon (laughs) is fired, which sounds kind of misleading. The uh, cannon itself was not like nuclear powered. Uh, the cannon fired nuclear ammunition still just as frightening. That's horrible. Uh huh.
1: It's like, that's freaking horrible. Why would you carry that around with you? So many soldiers lost their ball sacks to that one. <laughs> yeah. Testicular cancer uh, yeah, just yeah, carrying yeah. those around. Ooh, yeah.
0: That's horrible. <clears throat> um, and that has brought us to the end of our week in his history and uh, the end of our show. Oh, I clicked the, <laughs> click the wrong button. Click the wrong button. <laughs>
1: it's it's been you took last week off you were sick you you're out of practice
0: yeah uh the moral of the story is that i should never have a week off that's right (laughs) that's right oh i can't mess with that oh we'll just get out of here all right well that's fine we'll just uh jump to it you're
1: hilarious everybody thank you so much for watching and or listening Thank you to our sponsors, ZXO Auto AutoWorks and Harmonic Studios, Crafts by Carolyn Lane and the Beard Struggle. Uh, get fifteen percent off by entering the code T Lane five. That's correct. T Lane One Five. As beardy McBearderson as this beardy motherfucker right here. This is nice, this lift. Yeah. Um, I still want a um, uh, to see on man tools, a bearded shower video of Trevor. The way they do them on the, uh, the way they do them on the beard struggle commercials.
0: I made one of those for Instagram once. Yeah, we need to see I it. Like, make another
1: one. Like yeah. ten, ten chicks all going.
0: Ah. Oh, one of those. Just, just yeah, I don't else. know about that. I don't know if my wife will be okay with that one. How she direct it? Oh,
1: maybe. <laughs> Again, thank you for watching and or listening wherever you take a dump or drive your car <laughs> and listen to podcasts. We are on the web at mantoolsmedia.com. We're on the social medias at links.co slash mantoolsmedia. And lastly, not leastly, please like, subscribe, share, rate, review. Uh, We need our YouTube pumped up still. That would be helpful. Thank you. Um, You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash mantools and rate it.
0: That's right. And, of course, check out retrospectionmultimedia.com. And uh, members only our samson the simp video is out uh <clears throat> will probably next week uh since it's last week of the month i there guess you that's go. When we'll have to make it uh next week we should get the um the members only content for this month taken care of yep. so get that sorted I don't know out that's gonna be yet but it's i gonna have be a week to figure it out
1: yeah well you know what we'll do we'll put up a um uh, maybe we'll put up a one of those things called
0: the poll? Oh, yeah. Put a couple topics and go, hey, what do you want us to talk about? Yep. Okay.
1: We can do that. I knew you knew what a poll was. Again, very familiar.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Spent a lot of time throwing dollars at one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> well, mama's got to eat. That's right. Um, yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. We will uh, check you out next week. That's
0: right.
2: fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.